This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's good, everybody? We are back. It is your boy Gerard and your girl Gabby. Episode 98 of the Kicks and Shit Show. Oh, 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 here it comes. Here it comes. I know. It, it's just it's just slow today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just slow today. Just I was like, slow. now are you faking me out on <laughs> the, the virtual tech sounds instead of just your voice doing it? The bah, 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 bah. There we uh, go. The vir- <laughs> <laughs> the virtual here we go there we go there we go episode 98 um yes we are inching closer to the century mark um you know it's it's been a it's been a labor of love the past <laughs> two years no 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 it's it's it, it's been good we've had a lot of fun doing a lot of really cool stuff um Gabby, what is going on in these warm New York City streets? Is it warm outside? I don't know. I'm in my cave this week. Uh, it, it, it is lovely. It's like 70-something degrees. Sun is shining. It's it's lovely. I love to hear that. I got to get outside a little bit more. Um, I'm getting over the flu. I think we're in these weird, um, mm. I don't want to say post-pandemic times. It's not. But <laughs> right. we're, in, weird, like, like... we're languishing over here, just trying to take it day by day. Mercury is in retrograde, so I think mm. I blame that for the uh, technical sound effect issues as well. Oh, Mercury, good call. To you, but all tech goes awry. Mm. As I like to say, Mercury is in Gatorade. Mercury is in Gatorade. Yes, you do say that. Uh-huh. Um, it is, you know, we're, we're, we're at mid-May right now, right? Just about. And, um, you know, we're in the throes of the NHL and NBA playoffs. Uh, summertime is coming. People making their summer plans. We've got sneaker cons coming up. WNBA um, season started. WNBA season started. Yeah, it's just, you know, uh, actually, I just got my the notification from the USTA about making my credential application for the US Open, which is in August. I'm like, damn, it's that time already. And it's like, yeah, we are. 
we're here. We're here. So it's, um, you know, we're we're heading towards those nice warm months where it's time to get out and get to that beach. Um, you know, hopefully uh, we'll not be working too hard over the, <laughs> over the summer. We'll get a chance to uh, get outside and enjoy some nature. Yeah, I think that's important. I mean, you can tell I probably have not been working too hard on my summer body. It's like, I say this every year where I'm working on it for the next year. This is just, everybody is a summer body. So it is is like, you know, where we're at. But I agree. I definitely need a little sunshine and some extra vitamin D, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, I got you. I got you. Uh, Gabby, you know, it's interesting. I wanted to spend today's episode really kind of talking about this Nike StockX thing. And I think it's so fascinating. And I want, I mean, there's so many different angles to talk about it and touch on it from. But for those of you that don't know, Nike had filed suit against StockX uh, in February. Um, And this was really around StockX's foray into the NFT marketplace. And Nike was saying that, you know, on some of the digital properties that they were using Nike's logo, right? Which, of course, we know is trademarked. And Nike has a million trademarks around their logos and things they have on their products. StockX in response is saying, well, look, A, it's not it's not your logo Two, you know, um, it is it is a digital space and logos that you talk about count in a physical world like this is not physical. This is something else. This is the metaverse. Um, so there's that piece of it. And uh, and then Nike in a recent um, addendum to that suit uh, this week said that they found that StockX was selling fake pairs of Nikes and there were four four at least four they were able to purchase Nike was able to purchase four fake pairs of Nikes from the StockX site. So it's all this back and forth about Nike and StockX and all this noise and I just there's so much to dive into here. So let's just first off the top, like when you first saw the news, what was your reaction? Just immediate like quick like when you first saw. Yeah, I mean I think this has been on the radar for a while and I think it's we've talked about as like fakes get better and better. And resale becomes more and more the way that we shop. I, this is something that is at some point bound to happen to a degree. But uh, I think this, the recent news that's come out this week about StockX and Nike specifically going head to head, it's about to, it's going to continue to get ugly. I think as we really look into the nuances of what trademarks are, the metaverse, to your point, is a brand new territory of like what counts towards digital trademarkings. I think brands have a lot of work cut out for them of all those nuances. I mean, I can go to Canal Street and get like a fake Nike shirt that I'm sure that that bodega or booth is not getting sued. But when it's something that's a larger company like this, that is a Mm -hmm. change maker like a StockX, Mm Nike's going to take notice. I, I think, you know, there's different nuances and I need to dive deeper into the story, but you know, four pairs out of how many were fake. And I'm not saying that right. fakes are okay, but it's like, right. what does that look like? What is the quality control? Right, um, right. And I think it's like, what is what is the test, right? At the end of yeah. the day, there's also been some videos going around and a lot of talk on Twitter about this as well when different events and pop-ups are doing different checks and site uh, or they'll show behind the scenes of resellers and brands mm-hmm, and companies mm-hmm. or mom and pop shops that are doing their legit checks, as I think that's the term that people are using now. Right. Uh, what is the process of that? Should there be different process in place for different valuation of sneakers, right? And right, knowing right. that the the fake market 
in terms, I mean, this is always something in handbags, but now that it's becoming a thing in sneakers, I mean, how close can you really get to the real thing? Mm -hmm. Knowing that there are so many, that people spend their livelihood on these replicas. um, And what does that look like? I mean, those are the things for me that I think there's a lot to uncover still here, which makes it so complex. Yeah. I think for me, what I looked at right away was the way I saw it was first the establishment in Nike versus the disruptor in StockX, right? That. And like, and I don't like, I mean, I hate using those silly ass terms like disruptor and whatever, because I mean, I worked in Silicon Valley, so I get all that. But, you know, Nike is, again, this established behemoth, right? Like it is the world's like number one apparel sneaker, like seller, like, right? They are, they are the establishment. Um, and StockX is this, you know, I want to say renegade force that's kind of coming in and like, hey, because the problem, not the problem, but the issue that Nike has is the supply of the popular shoes that sneakerheads want are limited, right? And you cannot get them on Nike, at Nike or through the sneakers app, right? Everyone knows our story, not our story, but sneaker community stories about took an L today, blah, blah, all that stuff, right? We know that. So when people can acquire uh, in large quantities these limited releases and sell them for profit on a secondary market, that's going to happen. And when people really want a shoe and they can't get it from the original uh, seller, they're going to go to the secondary market to get it if they really want it. And that's just the reality of it. And But that, I don't think, is really Nike's issue, as StockX was saying in their quarter rebuttal. They're like, no, their issue is we jumped into the NFT space and we understand it better than they do. And they don't like that fact, right? I mean, it's something, an analogy I always use. The thing about a startup is, and, you know, StockX is a little, they're like in the, they're a, a, a late stage startup, right? They're clearly in growth mode. They're making profit, all that. But the beauty of a startup versus the establishment is things happen fast with startups, right? I, I like to use the analogy of startups are speedboats. Establishments are 80 foot thousand oil tankers, right? One boat can stop on a dime, turn and go really fast and spin all around and do cool stuff. You know how hard it is for an oil tanker to turn? Got to do a lot of work to turn that thing, right? And that's the difference, right? StockX can just say, yes, NFT, we're going, we're doing this, we're doing that. Nike's got to go through 75 approvals and this and it's right. So all that time, they got to cut through red tape because they are a publicly traded company. They got shareholders to worry about all these things. StockX is like, we've been, we're already in it and we're doing our thing. And I think the, the transition into that market because again nike is a is a for-profit company right their job is and the ceo's job is to maximize value for the shareholder contrary to what people think it ain't about the customer his job is maximizing value to shareholders end of story period so if there's an opportunity where nike cannot get into a particular marketplace that's going to be a problem for him right and the ultimate bottom line so that's sort of this push pull you're getting right now and I also think, to your point, Trad, this article, all the articles that are coming out about this are burying the lead a little bit, right? Like the that's what's interesting to me about like four pairs. That's why I wanted right. more. Tell me how much about how out of how many? Because four right. pairs out of four million, that ain't right. bad. Right. Uh, yeah. Four pairs out of fourteen pairs, those numbers suck. And I would right. want to look at a larger group. But I, I do think to your point, like it's it's burying the lead, right? And the part I think that StockX is trying to avoid here is. They do their authenticity checks. They've now expanded that to multiple verticals and categories mm-hmm. that they're trying, from what I can see, try to mitigate the risk around opening up that scrutiny to their process. Mm-hmm. Totally get that. 
but also totally get where Nike's coming from. And I agree with you. I think this is a new space and brands that are smaller really do have the ability to pivot faster. And usually it's a a younger group that's more tapped into that space versus mm-hmm. like the founding fathers of Nike. And mm-hmm. not that Nike is out of touch. And right. some might say in some ways they are. Right. That's not what I'm trying to say here. But because of that, they're of the time and they can also, that also adds to the speed of how quickly they can move. And even just understand this. Like I think about it, me trying to explain the metaverse to my parents. <laughs> Is like me trying to explain like a VHS tape (laughs) to someone who's Gen Z. But it but but but, makes sense. But in a different language, right? Like but like yeah. I don't understand. So you watched it on this thing, but you record it, but it was like kind of janky and then Like there's just so many, there's like a lot that gets lost in translation to that. Correct. Correct. And And I think, yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's what's happening here where it's almost like, to your point, people who speak similar languages, but Mm -hmm. that's where the argument doesn't fully line up in that conversation. So really interested to see how this conversation unfolds and goes. I mean, this is just the beginning of this type of Yeah, for sure. And, And there's so much that you touched on there too. Like think about the senior executives and the decision makers at Nike and think about what their average age range is and what their experiences are versus the decision makers at StockX, right? I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to guess there's a decent age gap in the difference, right? Like I'm going to assume that the people in decision-making roles at StockX grew up in a digital environment, right? Like in our native digital folks versus the senior decision makers at Nike, I'm going to guess the majority of them probably did not, right? And there is a level of understanding that's just missing, right? Like from... Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. ButcherBox takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com slash dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. 
Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Those folks at Nike to, to this metaverse in this world, I mean, even us, we talk about it all the time. We're like, what even is this metaverse, right? I mean, like to me personally, right? Like the idea of having some digital like avatar of myself and dressing him up in like cool clothes and like, I'm like, what? I, don't, I dress myself up in real life. Like, I don't like. And again, it's fine. Like I'm not, not I'm just saying like, I, I don't, I don't understand the value. What's the value for me to do that? Right. Like, so I'm like, I'm good on that. Right. And so, but again, other people, that might be their thing, right? There might be values in this NFT space and what's this and what's that. And what could I sell this for at some point? That's all well and good. Again, that's the point where Nike struggling. The whole four pairs of shoes thing. Again, that's just obfuscating like what's actually the story to your point, bearing the lead. And I love that StockX was like, um, I mean, Nike executives buy senior buy shoes on our site all the time. So like, I don't know, which I thought was a really cool dig for them to go back at Nike and be like, well, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like your own people buy stuff on our site. So no, it's true. And I think, you know, we've talked about this before when we try to quantify the meta, the metaverse and like what that looks like. And I think your shirt today is perfect because, you know, I always equate it to NBA 2K because like for me, I'm like, I don't, I would rather spend my money on real sneakers versus sneakers that I'm going to flex on in a video game. But as this younger generation comes out, like as also that we've been inside during this pandemic. I mean, I encourage people to go watch Ready Player One, mm. see the understanding of, of digital and crypto and like currency and value versus reality. Crypto right. taking a bath right now. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a whole other topic. But when it comes to the virtual world and the metaverse and that digital space, it's a lot cheaper for me to buy a pair of sneakers for NBA 2K for my avatar than it is for me to buy like some chunky dunks in real life. So mm -hmm. looking at what that is and also our social personas are out there in the streets more than our real life personas are. It's yeah. an opportunity yeah. for a lot of people to reinvent themselves, establish who they would be if they could be or could afford it in the real world. Like there's so many different psyches and factors that go into this. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that's where the, that world is really interesting. I mean, in the way that what, five, 10 years ago, Twitter was kind of our first way that we could access celebrities and just like yep. talk to them. Like we yep. had, we had our girl Vic on here uh, a few months ago who mentioned that Kobe Bryant had seen her tweets and that's mm -hmm. how she got connected to him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's I think getting re not replaced because that's still very much there. And that's why Twitter still is a fascinating platform to me. The amount of access and conversation that happens there that is open to anyone at all times is, is like a step in the direction towards where we're at now, where at some point those social personas will have more clout in some ways than our real life personas. I mean, Ronnie, Ronnie 2K made a whole career because he was like, listen, I'm not good enough at basketball to play in the NBA, but I know a shit ton about basketball and I really love video games. So let me carve this path out. Mm -hmm. Like when we were kids, we were like, oh, it's not cool to play video games. Don't rot your brain. Now it's like, you could be a fucking YouTube star or <laughs> uh, a gamer and make yeah. a ton of money doing what you yeah. love. Like the perception has just shifted yeah. I think for those brands like a Nike, they're going to have to bring in the right people that understand yeah. that value and get on board real fast. Cause yeah. I might not understand it. I might still want to spend my money on real sneakers versus right. NFTs and the metaverse. That's okay. Yeah. That's my personal choice, but these yeah. brands are going to miss the boat if they're not a part of it in the right way. Yeah. And I think, you know, the point, the point you touched on there, Gabby, is that 10, 15, 20 years ago, 
nobody could imagine these things because they didn't it didn't exist right like the, it no one no one heard of the metaverse 10 years ago so that's not right like 15 years ago 20 years ago so now that it's here it's like oh and just for a little bit more clarification on the StockX Vault NFT program, what it does is it allows users to invest in NFTs. NFTs are non-fungible tokens that are linked to physical sneaker counterparts, right? So let's say there's the Amamanye 3, right? Which we all think of as the sneaker of 2021. You can invest in the NFT version of that and it's linked to a physical sneaker version that exists somewhere, right? Like, and we know what the resale is on that, right? There's a connection there. The Ben and Jerry Nike uh, Nike SB Dunks, which we <laughs> Cabby has our chunky dunk story, um, and the Bad Bunny Adidas form, right? Those are those are some of the different physical counterparts that they released NFTs for that you can actually have an investment in a physical actual version of that sneaker, and ultimately, right? All of this, if you're getting involved in it, and for for many people, is about how can I make money off of this, right? Um, when people invest in crypto or NFTs or whatever, it's not just about, oh, art or, oh, whatever. There are people who are out there like, how can I make money off of this, right? A lot. If there's a way, right? The early adapters are thinking of it from that lens, 100%. Strictly about making money. So if I'm an investor in an Amamanye 3 NFT, and I know the physical counterpart, and it sells for whatever it sells for, I'm sure there is some kind of monetary transaction that I get off of that, Right. Um, and again, that's the piece that Nike is like, well, wait a minute, <laughs> like, because Nike, again, launched its own NFTs. And that's the and that's that's where the, the struggle, the challenge is coming from, because if people are investing in the StockX NFTs and not the Nike ones, right, that is money, that's revenue that Nike is not getting. Right. Again, I told you they're a public company. They are responsible for shareholders. That's what they care about, revenue and profits and all those things. So it, it, it's fascinating. And again, it's not going anywhere. Because Stack X as a brand isn't going anywhere. Um, people like you use it all the time in terms of it's stock market for you, right? Like, like careful with no, that next. No, no, yeah. you know, as, as as the stock market, right? So if you're like, I want this pair of shoes, you say, hmm, I wonder what they're going for these days. You'll look up the, the what it, what's going for on Stock X, and then you make determinations on where you can get it from whom and what and what have you. Yeah, and I think just to clarify on the Stock X piece. I mean, I would never say that I've never shopped there. That is fake news if anyone ever thinks that. But, you know, for me, I and even just to to set alerts, like I'll bid super low on something that I don't think someone's going to accept. A lot of times I end up with sniper sneakers that are like, oh, your sneakers have shipped. And I was like, that's a fun surprise that I wasn't expecting. Um, but yeah, and I think the NFT piece is super interesting in terms of value, right? Like I feel like we've all seen that kind of like, the ape, the NFT ape that is like mm -hmm. the poster child for this mm -hmm. and looking at brands and collectors and artists as they're trying to figure out like, what is that right lane? There's so much uncertainty in the air in that space. Right. And yeah. I know like a lot of brands now or artists or even like celebs, like I know Steve Aoki is very involved in the, the NFT space and is, is a front runner for that. Right. And it's like, oh, if they release a collection of 10, one of them is way more valuable than the others. But then how do you create value around number nine, not the other nine, but looking at the collection as a whole. Right. And mm -hmm, I think that mm -hmm. there are some sneaker collectors that I know personally, and that I see on, on the social media, uh, world that don't just focus on the individual. They're like, Oh, I do. I have the grateful dead, um, SB dunks. Mm -hmm. Sure. I have them in one color, but what if I have them in all of the colors instead, mm -hmm. or do I have every off-white one? Or what does that collection look like mm -hmm. to add mm -hmm. value in different ways? And I think over the next few years or so, the displaying of the NFTs mm -hmm. 
-hmm. that's going to continue to add value to things or it's very uncertain now, right? Because like I can go out in a pair of SB Dunks, like if I were to wear the Chunky Dunks, right? People be like, oh shit, like what are those? Like, you know, like high mm -hmm. piece culture. But if I have the NFT version of it and it's just for me, no, no. If people don't truly understand that space, they're not going to understand right. the value because they're like, oh, well, at the end of the day, right? Things that you own, some mm -hmm. of it is passion and most yeah, of it should yeah. be passion, but also like, mm -hmm. let's be honest and call some of it as a flex, right? Like, sure. well, 100%. otherwise we wouldn't spend money on all these designers or all, uh, that's why like all the super expensive items and cars and luxury goods, it's not just because of the quality. It's because of what it, what goes along with it. How do I show that? How do I show that I'm part of that lifestyle? I'm succeeding. Mm -hmm. I'm happy. I am whatever. Fruitful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how does that translate into the metaverse and with NFTs is going to be the next phase of that. Well, if we want to get deep into the psychology, right? Let's All this stuff. A lot of, well, a lot of it's around like how can I present the image of myself that I want people to see, right? Mm -hmm which is often a mask of what is actual the reality of day-to-day -day life, right? Like that's because so many times people as a whole were caught up in other people's opinions of ourselves versus, I mean, do they really matter? Like ultimately don't, nope. right? But but that's not how most people operate, right? It's always living life through, I want someone to see X, Y, and Z. And it's like, all right, cool. You know, you, you mentioned the uh, NFT, the board ape. So it's interesting because I saw something and I think your, your man Darren Ravel tweeted it um, how the price from someone who sold it like two years ago made mm -mm, a ton of money off of it. And then now because it's so volatile, someone tried to resell it again in it. Like they made an eighth of the amount, like way, way less and bought it for, like, it's just like, and it's this weird way. It's like, kind of like, I mean, it's like the stock market, right? The same principles apply buy low, sell high. Like that, that is your ultimate goal. Um, but with the crazy volatility, because this is so new, I think people really are struggling and, you know, as I say to people out there, if you're going to get invested in crypto and NFTs and all this, look, make sure you know what the hell you are doing. Okay. Like, and don't think of this as some, I'm going to get rich quick scheme. It's like, uh, you know, you, you might get burned people. And it's still such a new space. I can't remember if it was, what was it? Uh, was it crypto.com that did the commercial about this, that the guy's like, I'm rich, I'm quitting my job. Yeah. And he's mm -hmm. like, just kidding, <laughs> back at work today. And like, that just shows the volatility of that space. So like, I appreciate a commercial like that, that keeps it hundred, that it's still new. It's to your point, like, of course, buy low, sell high is the goal, but that could change based on so many other factors, sure. especially because it's so new. So I, I agree, I think it's like, masking a lot of who you are and that's where the metaverse mm -hmm. and like those ready player one type movies are super interesting to me i mean and i'll never forget the mtv true life that did something about that what was it uh second mm. life and they, mm. they followed teens that were like bigger in second life and they met people or they were in relationships in second life and for me i'm like wait this is a great segue into catfish which follows immediately <laughs> after that episode of true life and i'm like but that's to some people, almost what the new reality is because you have an opportunity to create it. It's the same that like when social media came out and how yeah. social media is now. It's a yeah. highlight reel. I think the metaverse and that whole space is going to be even more so artificial. Yeah. So like yeah. that connection piece, and you're talking about psyche, like that's the part for me that 
it's I'm I'm watching that. I always love yeah. to know why the connection, what that's like. Because I mean, on social media, everyone's like, "Oh my god, you're traveling! Your life looks so amazing!" And I'm like, I'm exhausted. Everyone's like, "What's on your feet?" Tagging me in pictures, which love that. Keep tagging me. I'm in slides <laughs> at home or like right. slippers if it's cold. Right. You're right. like, yeah, I'm in real pants half the time. Like, let's keep going, <laughs> right? You know, I am in bike shorts all the time, especially being bicoastal. The bike shorts quantity and inventory in the Rosenthal wardrobe has doubled. <laughs> Love you it, know? love it. So, but like that's what the reality is, right? Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. for me, I'll, I'll put that out there as much as possible. Not yeah, only like to ground myself, but to like keep it 100, right? <laughs> but most people don't live that life. It's like, you, right. oh, you see the guy in like the AMG Mercedes, but right. lives in a studio <laughs> apartment with seven other dudes all sharing a bed. And you're like, great. I have like outwardly, like, nah, baby, you can't come back to my place after dinner. No. <laughs> Like that's what a lot of that flex culture is like. I mean, maybe it's um, extreme. It's like the. I was gonna say that sounds like a very personal. Uh, no, that's not personal. I've okay. never been in that situation, <laughs> but. No, I'm with you. You know, rounding it back around to Nike and StockX, what's interesting to me is that I'm going to be watching is StockX again doesn't seem bothered by this. Um, even the way in which they posted their response, right? It was done in a very digital manner, right? Like oh, perfect. Versus Nike, who like puts out a press release from their corporate council, and it's like it, you just see the difference, right, between establishment versus like, yeah, now we're cool, we, we ain't even worried about you guys, and it is fascinating. But again, StockX is here to stay; they're not going anywhere um, because, again, that secondary market. Even if you don't buy on there, to, to Gabby's point, if you're just looking, I really want a pair of those. I'm on your threes. Let's just see what they're going for. And StockX is a good gauge of what people are paying for it, right? And you're like, okay, a little too high or whatever the situation might be. So people are going to use it for that. People are also going to get on there and buy and sell and do the whole thing because of the authentic- authentication guarantee, all that stuff. And, you know, the whole four pairs, like, again, like, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a little bit of propaganda just putting out there just to get people a little. And it's like, look, as, as again, the, the clap back from StockX was, like, your own senior execs buy stuff on here. So I don't know what, like, so they must trust our stuff, right? And it's like, whoa, what's, <laughs> Well, and I think, you know, we talk about this a lot, right? We would be remiss to think that, oh, it's just like a trend that's going to be here. No, this is the new normal. This is the new shopping. Yeah. And yeah. that's just kind of how it is. Like, you talk to anyone who, like, buys sneakers all the time. The going rate isn't up, isn't 110 or 120 anymore. Like if you get, even if you get Jordans at retail, they're still like upwards of 200, you know, and that's if you get them at retail. Which is very hard to do. (laughs) It's it's almost impossible. I told you my favorite thing is when people ask me, how do I get Jordan ones? I go, you don't. Um, (laughs) But I think that's where we have to accept that this is what it is. And StockX knows that coming in, right? That's like that, that's that BDE that they have. Mm-hmm. That they are, mm-hmm. and a disruptor, sure, industry term, but 100% mm-hmm. have changed the game in the industry. Like mm-hmm. the eBay's, the StockX, mm-hmm. the Goat, they mm-hmm. all, and the, the, those three to me are like the big three in this For sure. space. And each of them has such a different perspective and mechanism of how they bring it to life, which mm-hmm. that just shows how new this is. And it's kind of like everyone's trying out what works for their own communities. But to say that that is not a thing. Oh, it's it's a very much a thing. I mean, and that's where I like I you know me, I appreciate the level of petty sometimes with like something <laughs> like that where Saka's like, sure, you're gonna come for us. Let's keep it a hundred. Like 
This is the reality of what's going on. And they're calling out kind of what everybody knows, but nobody talks about, right? And I think that's what happens so much in sneaker culture. So uh, again, this is going to get, this is going to get a lot more complicated. And and ultimately, Gabby, as we know, whether it's the new Jordan one colorway, whether it's the new three collab with whomever, whether it's the new Louis Vuitton collab, what it doesn't matter. Nike is never going to release a million versions of the, it's just, they're just not, that's not what they do. It's always going to be a limited amount of these shoes. Therefore, I mean, I don't, the StockX exists for a reason, right? Like if you're, I mean, I, I was going to say, I was going to use a ridiculous number, like a hundred, it ain't a hundred, but if you're going to release like 10,000 pairs of something, which is a lot more you, limited than it sounds for those listening, like correct. It sounds like a huge distribution. Absolutely it ain't not. considering when I would imagine upwards of more than a million people go on the app to get it right so you see the disparity there Ten thousand over a million like not, not enough right yeah P- people are gonna go on to other means to try to find it right i mean mm-hmm. nike you could fix this problem by just releasing more but that doesn't and then really fit also, the whole- <laughs> then, then is are people still gonna want the chunky well, that, it's not that, so rare right. that right then it yes yes hype beast will say it's like it's almost like those memes that's like haters will say it's photoshopped hype beast will say they still will and i'm like now, here's the other thing about that that I find interesting. You mentioned Hype Beast. And it's, we always say, get what you like. like. But if you guys, you know, you follow our show and you listen, so many people that we have on here are like, look, you can like the fresh Hypest pair, but like, if you really like Sneak, like, you don't have to like what they tell you to like. You can go to a, an actual physical store or online and, oh, I kind of like these and find something that's really good, right? And you can be like, you know what? I kind of like Kyrie's. They're always available, right? Like, I I like LeBron's or superstars or whatever the hell. And I think, you know me, I live in an Adidas superstar that it's like my, if the building was on fire and I had a pair by my door, I always think of Ben whenever I think of that. Mm -hmm. I literally have them on a sneaker little mini shelf right by my door. If I need to run out in a a hurry, I throw Mm -hmm. on a pair of those or I throw on a pair of like Beater Air Max ones that I love. That's what I go to. And I think like those things are always available. You can actually get things cheaper than retail on resale for some of these pairs as well. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the hype stuff is always so fascinating to me because if it didn't have the designer name on it, would you still be into it as much? I mean, most people probably not. But some people, yeah. I mean, some people, people, yeah. Like about the color, about the style, Mm -hmm. right? Like the the textures. And I think that's what like Nike and Adidas and, um, Puma and New Balance, like they do so well. I think that's where New Balance is really winning right now is they're Mm -hmm. playing a lot with textures and people who haven't really caught on to that are like, in addition to like the artistry there and they're like, oh, it's New Balance. It's like, whatever. I'm like, get on board people because it's a brand to watch with the collaborations and like the storytelling behind the colorways. That's what true, true sneaker people truly love. But again, it doesn't have to be connected to hype. It... And the hype isn't what drives the sales. It's what drives the clout. That's the marketing ploy where at mm-hmm. the end of the day, Gerard, I know you've said this before and we've talked about this a lot. That's not what drives the sales. It's the night, it's the monarchs. The Tanjuns, the monarchs, yeah. like that's what sells. That's what Nike's number one selling shoes are. 100%. Not whatever the new collab is. Like they don't, <laughs> Most because they don't can't be. know about that stuff. Ju- just out of sheer numbers, they can't be. So I mean, I that's the reality. Thinking, until all of like, like the Joe West Coast, right? Mm-hmm. That scandal mm-hmm. came out. Most people didn't even know that people were raffling to yeah. even get a pair of retail. Like that was one of the first stories that started to break into like the mm-hmm. mainstream media that people were like, wait, I'm sorry, what? 
You have how many sneakers? You do what process? When a, when a, when a mom's got to outfit her four kids, she ain't trying to get no collabs on sneakers app. Okay, she's going to Dick Sporting Goods or Marshalls or whatever the hell, and she's going, "Oh, we're gonna get like you know what I mean? Like four for the price of whatever." That's what that's what's happening here, people. Absolutely. Those are the the numbers that drive. And that's what I mean. I think that's also the other thing that's consistent with most of our guests. Like you know, most of them don't even their parents are like, "You want Jordans?" Don't we all get a job? <laughs> get a job. Year old, like year old kid trying out for like lower school basketball team, like right. like nah. Or you get that pair and you wear it until it's like a beater. That's mm-hmm. why, like, I think what was it the the Fila disruptors a couple of years ago that were like the cheerleader shoes. Not mm-hmm. personally a fan of those, but like that was like kind of a vibe to be a little bit dirty. I think like now I love all the the Air Force Ones chatter, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. between the black pairs and the white pairs. It's like a whole different vibe, a different mood. If you're, there's only two kind of Air Force Ones, super crisp or like they look like they were buried outside in the war, <laughs> right? But it's true. Yeah. Those are things like, yeah. and I know you talk about how like Nike isn't just doing colorways and stuff like that. I'm curious if that next like shoe that follows up the Air Force Ones, like I can't believe how much Panda Dunks, the Lowe's especially, are yeah. still restocking and selling for on the resale platforms. Like at that point, just make it a staple, please, Nike. Thank you on behalf of North America. Um, but it, it's it's like what determines hype. Like I've I've actually had heard people talk about that sneaker, right? Mm-hmm. What makes it so cool? Why are right. people still? It's like kind of a basic sneaker, right? Right. What is kind of that psyche and that psychology? That's something to me that like I love hearing when people talk about that as more of an anomaly versus it being a Travis Scott low or right. an off white. Well, I mean, then the, it's a little bit easier to understand why people go crazy for that. The, the the big thing, obviously, as we know, as we wrap this, is limited availability is what right. Like when you know there's only X amount, that is that is the number exclusivity. That's what drives people to, to do these things. Wait, you're only releasing ten thousand pairs. Because you know way more than 10,000 people trying to get those. So it is – that's the thing. It's exclusivity, right? And limited release and it starts all the hype every Saturday. Everybody posting, took another hour, blah, blah, blah. Like that's just that's just the name of the game. Anyway, folks, stay tuned and make sure you continue to follow this story. I think it's fascinating. Um, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about it more. Maybe we've got to get some like uh, metaverse and NFT experts on here to talk to us a little bit about what they're seeing in the space and how this how this translates. Anyway, folks, thank you as always for rocking with us. We are, of course, part of the Count the Dings family. You can find us with the Woke Bros, with um, Rap Names, with Crypto crypto Bros, speaking of, <laughs> with the Winning Time podcast that just wrapped with the season finale of Winning Time, uh, the Lakers Dynasty story, um, and of course, the original Bomb Show. And we are at Kicks and Shit Show on all social media platforms. Until next time, peace. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. They both come in giftable boxes with savings up to $46 and free shipping for a limited time. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.